Peace and blessings, everyone. I'm Aziza, and welcome to a brand new episode of Truth Be Bold. It has been a while, but I'm happy to be back in the seat with new content for you all. Truth is often stranger than fiction. One of those stranger than fiction topics is that of TIs or targeted individuals, something only that could be thought of to be in movies. There are thousands of people worldwide claiming to be victims of a deliberate government program to harm, experiment, track, and manipulate. I have one of those individuals with me today, Mr. Roy Ecups. Mr. Ecups, thank you for joining me this evening. And I just really appreciate your courage and bravery because the things that you're going to speak about, uh, quite frankly, with all due respect, are going to sound very crazy to most people because it's just unfathomable. So I appreciate you coming on because, I mean, I, I have someone that I've interviewed regularly on my show that has disclosed to me privately that they are ATI, but they will not come out and talk about it. So thank you. It's my absolute pleasure. Thank you very much indeed. Um, I became what is known as a targeted individual TI. It was either late 1994 or it was, 1995 and the reason I don't remember this was because um, I'd never heard or believed in magic the occult I didn't know these words and I say magic with a k mm. and why I'm and, sorry why uh, do you say magic with a k and not with just a c um, because I didn't know about sorcery I didn't realize that um, it, it was very active until I had it done to me, I was the sort of person in life who poo-pooed everything and just laughed at life and went with the flow until it happened to me. Um, one day, this particular day, 94, 95, I was walking to my local bar. And as I approached the door of the bar, I felt a piece of my brain on the right frontal lobe appear to fold over. And I remember thinking, what the hell was that? Because I would never have believed that a part of your brain could actually physically appear to fold over. So what did that feel like? Can you describe it? It was just a little blimp. It, was, it just felt like, bloop, and that was it. It's, it's unexplainable. Was it painful? No. No, not at all. It was... Um, I, I don't know. And, I, uh, and from that night, I remember going in the bar and um, I, I, all, I always had a lot of friends or I knew a lot of people in this bar. And then all of a sudden I could barely talk and my memory had started getting bad. This, is, this was in half an hour of this happening. And how old were you at the time, Mr. Ecups? Um, I'll call me Roy, please. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, I, I was 33. Okay. And you were in good physical health prior to that point? Uh, uh, yeah, very good. Uh, very mentally aware, great sense of humor. Um, always had an answer. Um, hardly had ever been out of work in my life. So you never had and, any, you know, any, uh, undiagnosed issues with mental illness, anything like that? Um, no, because I wasn't mentally ill. I just have to ask that question. Oh, no, no. Yes. No, no. I'm delighted for you to ask because 
Um, then, then, then I had to start researching, but this was later on because um, from that day, um, all those years ago, that's 25, 26 years ago now, I've had to learn to read and write again. I had to learn to computer. I had to learn to speak. They took my eyesight. They pumped me full of voices, which is called V2K, which is voice to skull. Um, I get not so much now, please God, but I get, um, I had directed energy weapons directed at my head for, well, since the beginning. Um, they broke my inner ear bones. I've got a condition called stapedial myoclonus. Um, from a distance, they pumped so much pressure into my brain skull, they broke my inner ear bones. Uh, it's not tinnitus, it's different. This, this is where they actually broke the bones, where they, from a distance, pumped the pressure. Whether they had an effigy of me or not, I'm not 100% sure. But they pumped the pressure and they broke my inner ear bones. I went to the hospital and, um, you know, for, um, for a scan to see what had happened. And the gentleman at the hospital, he called his friend in because he said to me, he said, I've been here over 40 years and I've never come across this condition before. So, um, you know, this was new to him. So I, th I said, no, I said, call your friend in. I said, I'd be delighted, you know, because it's all scientific and, you know, that there are things that they won't know about, you know. So anyway, this was, this was, uh, this was this was only about 15, 16 years ago. And why it took me all that amount of time was um, because um, I was hearing voices, voice to skull. So when did you start I, hearing voices from, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, not at all. When did you start hearing voices? Could you walk us through how that went? So you went to the bar, as soon as you entered the doorway, you felt a uh, piece of your frontal lobe kind of collapse. And so what happened after that? Um, to get um, to the point where you started hearing voices. Yeah, right, okay. Um, basically, they taken my power of speech away. Was that instant? Um, it was gradual, but within a few days, this happening, I could only say a few words and I couldn't get a sentence together. So it was, um, it was it, within a week, let's say, I couldn't hold a conversation any longer. So um, from, that, from that time, all I could get out was a few words here and there. Um, but I'm, I'm very well, um, I 100% know I was, I, I was a mind control target. Go ahead. Uh, right, right. Um, this goes back to MK Ultra. There's Project Bluebird. There's dozens and dozens of advanced mind control projects. So, can you briefly tell the audience what is MK Ultra? Um, just, I mean, I know what it is, but just briefly. Yeah, uh, mind control. Um, MK Ultra was the mind control program. That was developed in about the late 1950s. Um, they started to experiment on people um, to see if they could control them from a distance. 
and um, there was Project Artichoke, Bluebird, MK Ultra, and th th those other names were the advancing names as they got more advanced. Monarch too, right? Yes, Monarch is exactly yes, yeah. And there was quite a few more actually, and um, there was a big um, in Canada. There was a lot of people that were actually compensated um, because they actually admitted in uh, Canada that they were using it. Wow, really? On, when was this? Yes. Um, the, 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 this may be 10 years ago, but it all, it's a big court case in Canada, and a lot of them were actually compensated for it because it was proven, and the, 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 um, the papers actually got released about who the actual people were that were um, part of the mind control program without knowing it. So you said they. Who is this they? And the, why, the why Canadian would, government. No, for you. Oh, yes. Why would, who is this they and why would this they target you? Like what was right. so special about um, When I was very young, I worked for a very, very prominent rich family. And around me, there were lots of brotherhood members. There were lots of police families. What kind of brotherhood are we talking about? Um, I'm not going to mention them okay. because I'm a little, okay. I'm a little bit fearful. But most people, okay. I, I think know, I know. With, with the symbols. Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, I believe when I was about um, in my early, late teens, that I may have been taken into the occult somehow. Okay, can you can you stop for a second? So, of course, uh, taken into the occult, the occult voluntarily. Um, no, without my knowledge. Like, what do you mean without your knowledge? Like, were you drugged and then you end up in no, no. a ritual? Uh, no, I believe that they used a ritual on me because um, I, I I was an upright person, but all of a sudden I started bowing my head. Mm -hmm. And this was when I was about 17 or 18. Mm -hmm. And this lasted for about two or three months. And then all of a sudden I became upright. And it's, it's like I, I became into something that I never knew about. But I always remember looking back on that now as I've gone forward with everything that's happened to me. Because I was actually regressed. Um, later on in life, whilst um, after my brain folded over or, or appeared to fold over, I was regressed. And it was like every single thing was emptied out of my mind and there was nothing left in it. You know, my wives, my girlfriends, my brother, my family, and everything was very dark and it was like it went back to the beginning of my my life and I came to a place in life um, where, where, where I was a grown man so basically I was regressed to my childhood and then it was as if I was grown back into my body as a child into a grown man's body if this makes any sense so are you saying that your behavior reflected that of uh, someone who was not a fully fledged adult? No. Okay. okay. So when, when so sorry, when they regressed me, 
This was during, uh, this was after a piece of my brain appeared to fold over. Um, everything was like rewinding. Uh, it was going back to the very beginning. And this was over a period of years. And everything became very dark. I couldn't see light anymore. And it you was mean literal, um, literal light, or just when you say light, are you speaking figuratively like happiness? There was no happiness, so figuratively. Okay. Yes. And um, it's, it's difficult to explain. It's like, um, it's like a video recorder being re-rang right to the very beginning and then put into a new cassette recorder. Uh, that is a 35-year-old or 40-year-old and then putting it in and then you going back and relearning how to live again. Did you feel that you had lost control during that time? Oh, I, I was definitely, no, I had no control. They had total and utter control over me. Mr. Roy, I'm just trying to uh, piece this together. So you think that your your gateway into all of this was when you were working for this family and you were somehow mixed up in a ritual. Were you, looking back on it, were you aware what that ritual was? Would you be able to speak to us about that? Or you're I don't sure? know, because it must have been done, it must have been done secretly. secretly so tonight. kind of like a, a piece that was removed from your memory almost? Possibly, but maybe they had an effigy of me hmm. because, uh, you know, uh, uh, because I've read over the years that, you know, even hair or, or, or anything of a person's possession they can use um, to, to ritually abuse you or, 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 or something like that. I'm not 100% sure. Did you ever confront anybody in your circle about this? Um, no, but in the very beginning, just when I was about 17, working for this family, I worked for them for seven years. Mm -hmm. And um, I was well known in my hometown because the establishment that I worked at, we had thousands and thousands of people coming through our place every day. It was a slot machine business. Mm. So it was a very wealthy establishment. And I live in a seaside resort. And back in the 1970s and 80s, slot machines of any type or kind were huge business and uh, were frequented, especially by the local people, which I knew hundreds, you, you, you know. So, mm. and, uh, and I was a popular lad. You know, so I was well known. And if you're well known in the town, you're well known by everybody. Mm -hmm. I'm going to jump a little bit forward here because um, anyway, no, I'll go back. Um, one day I, I turned round to the boss because I used to notice people that stood out within our establishment. Mm -hmm. You know, when people come in, I could notice upright people and certain people for some reason stood out. So I turned round to the boss one day and I said, Steve, I said, is everything Masonic? And then he just looked at me 
And he gave me the nod as if to say, now you know. And that was the end of it. And it was it was shortly after that when I, I had a job to, to lift my head up, or, or maybe six months or so. It was probably when I was about 18, like 17 and a half, 18 or something like that. So that is what I believe happened to me in the beginning. Why you though? I mean, you said that you were upright, but like what, what would they get out of this just by picking on you? Do you think maybe there was some kind of incentive for them to just get certain people? Was there like a grudge out against you? No, perhaps they took me in because I knew a lot. And I, and, and I was handy for them. Okay. Hand, handy in what way, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, no, not because I knew a lot of people. I was popular everywhere I went in my hometown. I knew lots of people, you know, so perhaps I was handy in that way. So did they make you do things? In what respect? I mean, you said that, you know, you were handy, that you were useful to them. So were they having you run errands or do kind of... Oh, yeah, I was like a runner for them. Oh, yes, without a shadow of a doubt. They controlled me from a young age. But this was before totally, all before the mind control. They controlled me by bullying and calling me names and telling lies about me and slandering me when they didn't get their own way or couldn't get their own way because there was things that they did that I didn't like. And I used to say, I'm not going to have anything to do with that. You know, I, I was brought up a good, you know, Christ, Christian boy and I come from a good family. You know, and if, if I saw something I didn't like, I'd walk away. I'd say, you know, it's not nothing to do with me. You know, and then I started to learn about entrapment and all that sort of thing. And the games that they played with me because they wanted me as their little kid. They, wouldn't, they didn't want me to grow up. You know, in their circles, they wanted to keep me down. You know, and I can look back and see all of that now. You know, they... they, they they never wanted me to achieve anything. You know, e e even with my house, different houses I bought and different marriages I had and th things would go wrong. And it wasn't particularly me. It, a lot of it was circumstantial. And some of the circumstances were just wrong when I look back. Now, didn't you say that um, there was one marriage in particular where it was, it was kind of set up? I think you had mentioned that. Uh, yes. Um, when I was under full MK Ultra or whatever the variant is, um, I had I had over £70,000 in sterling. Um, basically, I'd sold my taxi business and I had the equity out of um, a property that I had. And remembering that I'm hearing the voices all the time, what kind, what, I'm sorry, what were these voices saying? But sell the business, get rid of the business, so, get rid of the business, sell the property, sell the property, get sell the house. Whatever these voices would be telling you was circumstantial, like trying to get you to do things? Um, yes. And was oh, it, yeah. Was it whispers? Was it a familiar voice? Was it a comforting voice, intimidating voice? Oh, intimidating. Like yelling at you? 
Um, yeah, they call me names if I didn't do things. You know, they call you the most vile names um, to, to, to get you to do, to, well, sell my business, sell my taxi. And the people that I was around, they were controlling me. Um, this one particular man, his name's Bill, and I won't give his surname through fear, and, but his, um, his surname actually uh, translates to truth. Hmm. And um, so, so anyway, he was controlling me for years, and then he in was the your end, handler? yes. So, how how did Bill get in your life? Was that the, I don't know. Was that the first handler that you had? Uh, he was the main handler, yes. But he was the full. He was the handler when I was under full MK Ultra, because he knew that they could control my voice. And that he, he, he was carrying me around like a little boy. How do you know he knew that? Because he was part of it. How do you know? Because I fully 100% know there's no doubt about it. I but because I, I asked him one day, when I had a few words of speech, I turned around to him and I said, Bill, I said, why did you do it to me? Mm -hmm. And his exact words were, because we can. Hmm. Okay. I'm sorry, continue. I just had to ask. No, it's all right. You asked me about going to um, my second wife. Yes. Um, her name was Dolores. I don't know how the meeting happened, but in my hometown in Bournemouth, I was, um, I was taken by this chap, Bill, to this hotel in Bournemouth. I think it's the Dirty Dean. I think that's what it's called. And we went down there and somehow this Filipino woman was in there. And I, I really can't remember anything. You've got to remember, I couldn't speak. I was hearing voices. The voices were being pumped into me 24 seven, 365 days. This went on for over 22, 23 years you know, much heavier at the time, plus the, 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 the directed energy to the head skull. You know, it was very difficult times to deal with. So anyway, around this time, um, the voice is uh, being pumped into me, sell your business, sell your property, sell your business, sell your property. This is day in, day out, all the time. So anyway, I did as I was told. I sold the business. I sold the property and then how it came about, I don't know. But I was given this lady's name in the Philippines and I was told to go to the Philippines to meet her. And um, her and her brother and her thicker and the driver, they were going to come to Mandiulong Airport or to Manila to the airport to meet They were me. expecting you? Yes. It had already been arranged. So, so I you, got to, was sorry, she, I, I'm sorry, was she, do you think she was a victim as well or she was in on the whole thing? Oh, the, this is so difficult. I believe she must have been in on that because I, I found a book on psychology that she had when we stayed at the hotel. She hid the book and I found it. So I believe she, she was definitely in on that. Hmm. Okay, so they picked you up at the airport. Yeah, so they picked me up at the airport. And um, then 
um, found a hotel in a place called Mandiulong City, which I, I think it was about an hour drive from Manila, but it's, it's a long time ago. So found a hotel. Oh, no, she'd found the hotel for me. That's right, because it wasn't far from where she lived. So anyway, went to the hotel and, um, and then uh, her brother, the driver, and myself, we, we started getting acquainted and we started chatting, you know, throughout the journey from the airport to the hotel. And then um, I think I stayed there the first time. I think I stayed for about a week the first time. And um, that, that, then we decided to, to get married. And one of the reasons that I actually went there in the first place is they were keeping women away from me um, in the hometown. I don't know if they were bad-mouthing me or whatever, or it was because my handler was saying things or whatever, I don't know. And um, I, 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 whether they were pumping voices into me, saying, you'll never get another woman, you'll never have another woman. So they made me believe that this lady in the Philippines was the only female on the whole planet that, that, that would like me, mm-hmm. you know, so that, that's how I ended up there. So when the voices told you to go to the Philippines, they told you her name and everything? I can't remember. I, I, I don't know, to be honest, Mrs. Eza, maybe they did. I'm not 100% sure. But they must have um, said that I was going to meet Dolores. I'm sure they must have. The strange thing was, was she was actually Vietnamese. Oh, okay. Yeah. And her father was um, a very prominent military man in the Vietnamese war. Hmm. So he must have got his his family out of Vietnam into the Philippines. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, and uh, he actually came to our wedding. We were actually married in a church mm-hmm. in Mandilong City. Anyway, after I'd left, I came back to, to England. We decided to get married, and I believe it was either March the 18th or 28th because Dolores wanted to get married on a day with an eight in it because eight was her lucky number. Hmm. So we, we agreed on the date and um, flew back uh, to the UK and then flew back to the Philippines and I stayed there for a month. And when I flew back um, after the month, this is when the voices made me gamble every single halfpenny I had on internet gambling. I had, originally I had about 70,000, but after the travel, I must have had 60-something thousand left. They made me gamble every single penny on internet gambling. They then made me borrow about 15,000 pound on credit cards, knowing that I couldn't have ever paid a penny back. Hence, I was going to go bankrupt because there was no way so it was their plan to bankrupt me in the first place, if I look back now. Hmm. 
And then I got in contact with Dolores. We were speaking, you know, fairly regular. And um, I turned around and I said, well, this has happened. And a short while after that, because she was going to come to the UK, but I couldn't afford to bring her now, I believe I'd got in touch with the Home Office or whatever, and they wanted to see Dolores's papers and everything else. But because I couldn't look after her, because I didn't have any money left or a business, they, they denied her access. So why would they tell you to go there and pursue this relationship with her? I thought of that. And what I believe is because we were married and in the Philippines, you pay people snacks. I've never heard of this, but everybody gets blackmailed in the Philippines everywhere you go. If you go to the council, if you go here, Dolores used to say, oh, that you've got I'll give them a snack, Roy, whether it was 100 pesos or, or however much it was. I, I honestly don't remember. But you paid everybody. And now looking back, I wondered if it was to get her a passport, if it was to get her a UK passport, because she would have had the marriage certificate to an Englishman. So perhaps that would have given her access to a British passport. Perhaps she's over here and I haven't got a clue. You know, because I did write to her some time ago, but I never heard back. You know, so. Mm. And I've looked for her on Facebook and other different, just for curiosity, that was all. But I, I, I couldn't find her and I never heard from her, so. So it's like she just disappeared. Yeah. But um, I applied for a divorce. Um, I think I got the decree nicely about five years or so ago because um, I can't remember what year it was. I think it was about 15 or 16 years ago now that we actually got married. Mm-hmm. You know, so the grounds that we got divorced on, because, you know, I tried to get in contact with her at her, her last address, her mother's address, I never got anything, so it was on the grounds of being separated for so long that we actually got divorced, I believe. Hmm. So the marriage just dissolved then, I mean, legally? Well, yeah, well, yeah, because I think, excuse me, it must have been over 10 years at the time mm-hmm. or thereabouts. Where was your family during all of this when you were, you know, going through these early stages? Like, did they notice any changes with you? Um, they, well, um, because of the mass changes in me, they believed at the time that I was schizophrenic or I was showing the signs of mental illness. Mm-hmm. And God rest me, I lost my mother last year and I ended up caring for her for the last 12 years of her life and my brother wasn't really on the scene but he was the sort of person that would just take the mickey out of people and wouldn't listen anyway you know and um it, it, i could liken it uh, to being uh, to a possession 
you know, because you read these stories about how people were possessed and their bodies were taken over. And I can sort of relate to that, you know, but I know mine was done deliberately. And for instance, if you Google targeted individuals now, I Googled it today, and there's over 960 million hits on Google for targeted individuals. Really? I put it up on Twitter today because this changes because somebody else said, well, I got 850 million res uh, results in my country. 850, nearly a billion results. You know, these crimes against humanity are going to come out very, very shortly because we've got all the Cuban, the Havana attacks. Yeah, yeah. You know, we've got Washington spouting off about the directed energy weapons now. And if you Google the directed energy markets, it's the biggest growing sector on the planet. I don't know if you ever heard of the uh, Navy Yard shooting that happened in the U.S. Um, might have been about maybe six or seven years ago. I'm not exactly sure, but it was um, an individual who claimed, and this, this is the official story now, uh, that he was hearing voices. Myron May. I'm sorry? Myron May. I, I'm having a hard time understanding what you're saying. Oh, was that Myron May his name? Uh, I don't recall his name. All oh, right. Okay. Um, yeah, this was out in the D.C. area. And he claimed, like I said, he was claiming that he was hearing voices and that he was being targeted with dues, direct energy weapons. And he supposedly, you know, went on a, a killing spree uh, because of these voices and, you know, conveniently killed himself. But yeah, I mean, you hear these kind of stories and it leaks out just, you know, weird stuff going on. There was a, a young woman who ran her car through the gate of the White House a few years back. And she claimed that Obama was uh, talking to her. And she had her, she had her young daughter in the car and uh, Secret Service, they shot up her car and killed her with her daughter inside the car. And the story, you didn't hear anything about it. You know, other than that, it was just hush hush. And so those are the ones that make me wonder because they play it off as, you know, oh, this guy was crazy. This woman was crazy because it's, it, you know, on the surface, it sounds crazy, but hearing from someone like you, it gives me pause because I think there's more to it. And then you hear, you know, different stories about celebrities and weird stuff that they're doing. And to me, it kind of corroborates some of the things that you're saying. I even think of the movie uh, Rosemary's Baby. I'm sure you've you've seen that. You know, the whole premise of that is she was involved in a ritual and she had no idea. So. Well, we're the fall guys. They've actually invented the perfect weapon because they can make somebody do something that wasn't of their own doing. And the, 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 they can force you to do something that wasn't you. 
And so there's the, no way to prove that it wasn't you. Exactly. Because technically it was you. <laughs> well, 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 on the face of it. Right, yes. You know, but it actually wasn't. Yeah. You know, so, so, so they've perfected the perfect weapon. Absolutely. And I think it was uh, Sirhan Sirhan. He didn't recollect anything that he supposedly did either. Okay. Uh, the the uh, what was his name? Major Hassan that shot up Fort Hood in the U.S. about ten years ago. He he couldn't recall anything either. So why is it that all these people, or the one that shot up the movie theater in Aurora, Colorado, he couldn't recall anything either? And he they was, can. Sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say they can erase your brain. This is very very well known. Well, think about is that. Uh, the film Men Men in Black. They show you. They come up mm. with the little thing and, you know, the person doesn't remember anything that happened. And somebody yeah. hearing this, oh, come on, that's, you know, it's just a movie. But if you just take what has happened over the past 18 months, <laughs> that's directly out of movies over the past 20 years. After I got back from the Philippines, I went to the bathroom um, a few days before, I, I was going to commit suicide. It was about it was about ten years into me being on the mind control program. I'd had enough. I had a really cheap old car. I went to the builder's merchant to to buy a hose pipe, and I. I, th I bought myself four beers and I thought, right, that's it. I had the day and date set. I knew the car park I was going to go and do it in. And um, within a week or so, I went to the bathroom and this mucus came out of my, my mouth and my nose and the colour of it, I remember thinking, that can't come out of your body. Was it black? No, it was like a bright green, yellow, but it was not a colour that you would associate with coming out of your body. Kind of like a neon green or something? Yes, something very, very bright that looked impossible to come out of the body. So... Within a few days after that, this is when the healing process started to begin. This is when I could, because you've got to remember, I had no thoughts. They stopped my thoughts. I used to get a random thought, but everything was V2K. Everything that was in my brain had been replaced with voice to skull. I very rarely had a thought of my own. They completely stopped her. But within a day or two, I could actually, I, th I thought I, I had a thought. So I actually went and bought a voice recorder so that I could remember what the thought was. Mm. Be be because my memory, there was no memory left. You know, so if I did think of something, because I've been used to listening to the V2K 247365, I, if I got a thought, I thought, what was that? And then I bought a voice recorder to 
try and remember what the actual thought was. I'd forgotten about that until we were talking. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, um, that was the beginning of the healing process. So they obviously didn't want me dead. Otherwise, they would have let me commit suicide before that. I thought, well, they don't want you dead, Roy. They want you to, to be alive. And then out of the blue, I had a phone call. And up to this day, I'll never remember or, or know who this person was. And the night before, I had this feeling. And it was a beautiful, tingly feeling that you couldn't, it, it, this feeling couldn't happen within the body. And this phone call, never, no idea. And this phone call said, um, hello, is that Roy? I said, yes, yeah, speaking. And this lady turned around to me and said, um, do you mind me asking, did something happen to you last night? And I said, yes, as a matter of it did. She said, could you explain it to me? And I said, well, I had this beautiful tingly feeling, remembering that this is where my brain had appeared to fold over. I had this beautiful tingly feeling on my right frontal lobe. And she turned around and she said, oh, that was me. She said, I was sending you healing. So anyway, from that day onwards, for some reason, I started going to the spiritualist church in my local hometown. Because after the voices had finished, or after the conversation had finished, I don't know if it was her who told me, but the voices still continued. Uh, go to the go go to the um, spiritualist church. Go to the spiritualist church in Bournemouth. So so I started going there every every week or two, but I couldn't really understand what was going on, because at the time I was still a bit of a mute. I could hardly speak, and I was just getting used to being able to hear things again, rather than the voice to skull. Hmm. Do you still go to this spiritualist church? I haven't been for, 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 for some time because I became a little bit scared. Because I was people, just about to ask you, they probably wanted you to go there. I mean, they were telling you to, so there might be something going on with that church, possibly. Well, possibly, but the thing was, is the reason I stopped going, as I said earlier, I was brought up a Christian mm -hmm. and I started reading about necromancers and the spiritualist church and stuff like that mm -hmm. and saying that it's not a good place uh, to go and uh, there's a lot of entities and there's a lot of charlatans that frequent um, some of the spiritualist churches and, you know, I want to be a man of Jesus Christ and you know, he's my Lord and Saviour, and he's what my mother, I was brought up and baptised under the Church of England. Mm -hmm. You know, so, you know, that is my that is my pathway, I'd like to think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you have children, correct? I do. 
And have they witnessed some of this with you? No, because they were out of my life. Okay. Um, the, 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 the mother of my son, um, she, she, she went away with, she was a politician's daughter. I was working in Miami. I was working on a cruise ship and we were doing the Caribbean run. And I met Xenia on the ship and um, uh, we got together, decided to get married, came back to England, got married. And I had a good job at the time. I was area company. I was area manager for a company. And um, we had, um, our son was born. And I brought my mother-in-law over from Bratislava. She stayed with us for a week. The first week was lovely. The second week was unbearable. You know, there was a, it was a race to, to the pram when my son cried. And, you know, I didn't get to see my son for the next week because I thought, well, to be fair to me, mother-in-law, she's not going to see my, my, this, my son for a while. So give her all the time she needs with him. And cut a long story short, um, while my mother-in-law was there, me and my wife had a great big argument. I said things I shouldn't have done. My mother and my mother-in-law, my wife and my son went to stay at my best friend's place. I tried to patch it up. Within the two weeks of that, she cleared off back to Slovakia. So I basically lost my son when he was three weeks old. And so you haven't had any contact with him since? Uh, well, and him, um, well, me and his mother used to write because I begged her to come back and uh, she wasn't coming back. But she had an ex-boyfriend that I, I, I learned that she, she'd got back with in, in Slovakia, you know. So that was all a little bit, it was all a little bit strange too, you know. And I, I heard she was working at the Forex Exchange and I was trying to get a hold of her, begging her to come back. She wasn't going to come back. You know, it was as already planned as if she'd had a life there, you know. And I, I feel I was a little bit of a pawn there as well, if the truth be honest. I thought, well, did they just use me? Was it because she couldn't have children? You know, and I, it's, I, I still don't know. Well, there seems to, to be a, a pattern here like with you and people who are involved with like the military or yes yes because the mother of my daughter was a military policeman's daughter a british military policeman's daughter you know and I, I, um i don't know his ranking to be honest you know but i know he was a well-respected he was a well-respected officer, yes. Hmm. You know, and you find that pattern with um, serial killers as well. When you start looking into their stories, like there's a lot of these military connections. Oh. Yeah, and there's, you know, a whole thing about uh, V2K and dues with them as well. So that's, that's interesting. Well, I can say, thank the good Lord, I don't get V2K anymore. 
So the mind that I'm speaking is, is mine. You know, I get the DEW, but not as severe as it was. And I don't get the RNM anymore. What is RNM? Remote Neural Monitoring. And what, what does that consist of? Well, where they're uploading your, your data. They're monitoring you 24-7. So they're, they're, they're logged on to you. So everything, every move that you make is, is, is monitored. How do you know that? You, you know it. When wow. it happens to you. Okay, how, how, how could I actually tell somebody was looking through my eye? You can't, but I knew it. I knew, I looked in the mirror one day and I saw two people in the mirror. One was my father, God rest his soul, and another one was somebody I didn't recognise. Another time, I could feel them actually looking through my right eye. I knew that they were looking. You can't not know when it happens to you. And you can't make it up. You can't go to bed and think, oh, I'm going to make this up now. I'm going to make out somebody was looking through my eye. You know, you, 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 you couldn't make it up. You know, like the, at the beginning, you know, when you introduced me, you said that I'm going to say things that people are going to think is off the wall. Mm-hmm. You know, and and like hearing myself speaking, some of the things that I've said to the person that I was all those years ago, I might have thought, well, this bloke's crazy. <laughs> you know that this can't happen to a to a, an actual human, can it? This can't happen to a person. His brain fold over. Then he's hearing voices. Then he sat indoors, and then they're they're they're, they're uploading his thoughts. They know everything. They took one day. They said to me, "Roy, um, go to Curry's. Curry's is a digital superstore in my hometown." Sorry, I've changed subject because I've come up with this. And when I was in the Philippines, I was being um, I was being contacted through voice to skull to this chap called Tony. He called himself Tony mm-hmm. every night. Roy, this is Tony. Right, go to the go, go back to the Bible store in the morning, buy everything biblical. Right, Tony here, go back to the Bible store, buy everything biblical. Go to Proverbs 9, Proverbs 9. Go to the Bible store with Dolores, buy everything biblical, buy anything to do with the Bible. Roy, Tony here, Tony, anyway. So every night, Tony here. So I've got... Uh, the, the, Come back to my hometown, went into the uh, electrical shop in Bournemouth, Curry's, walked into the shop, and who's in there? An old policeman that used to walk the beat when we were children called Tony. And you think that's who it was contacting you? Well, they knew, they knew that I was going to go there because they sent me there to get something at Curry's because I was still hearing voice to skull. And Tony was accidentally in the store, in the in the same store at the same time. Couldn't possibly be. So do you think it was actually Tony contacting you, or did they just... Yeah, I believe they can cut into the voice to skull and communicate via, to you via directly. So you think Tony was in on this as well? Do you think oh, of course. surrounded by people who are in on this? Yes, because a lot of a lot of my town is brotherhood related. 
Wow. Okay. You know, anybody that's got anything or is anything, you know, is a Brotherhood member, and that's that's well known. So uh, you mentioned earlier that you are fearful of them. Have have they threatened you? Are you just fearful because of these experiences with B2K and the different types of weapons? Um, I, I, I try to ca- tread carefully. Okay. Um, I, I be um, I became a Rotarian about five years ago, and um, basically um, I went on a match.com. I went out to look. I'm for sorry, a you woman. became a Rotarian. Yeah, Rotarian. What, like in the Rotary Club? Yes. Okay. Um, did they tell you to do that? This is what I was just going to explain. No, because the V2K was subsiding then. Uh-huh. But this is how it happened. I went, I, I joined Match.com mm-hmm. because I wanted to try and find a female. Mm-hmm. And I went to this meeting Um um, this match.com, it was an evening. It was just a relaxed bar evening. You go in there and there was a load of people from match.com. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I went in there and it was a bit thin on the ground. And I saw this gentleman and he, he had four ladies with him. Mm-hmm. And so I w- went over and started talking to them. And, um, we're, we're, we, you know, we, we were all getting on well. And as it happened, one of them was his daughter and one of him was his daughter's friends. And um, so anyway, he said, do you fancy coming on to another bar with us? And I said, yes. And as we were walking down the road, he said, he said, you know, my name's, uh, he, he was a doctor. And we were talking, and I remember we were talking about Cyprus. And I said, oh, he said, I, I, said, I worked on both sides of Cyprus. I said, I worked in Kyrenia on one half. And, um, oh, what's the other half? Oh, oh anyway. And, uh, and, and the other, and we, we got talking, went to this other bar. And he said, oh, he said, I'm a Rotarian. And I didn't really know what that's like. And he said, uh, he said, do you like helping people? And I said, yes. And, he, and bearing in mind, I didn't have one soul in my life hardly at the time. They'd kept everybody away from me for such a long time. And he said, would you like to uh, come and have a look at our club? He said, I said, yeah, I said, I would. And I gave him my phone number. And maybe a week or so later, he phoned up. And um, I went along to have a look at the club. And um, I liked it because it's helping the community. They help internationally. And it seems to be a lot of good people in the club. So that, that's how I became the Rotarian. And I often wonder, too, if that was a setup for me to be in there as well. You know, I, I mean, that's my guess, because, you know, when you look into the history of the Rotary Club, you know, that has some occult connections as well. Oh, right. So, yeah. I mean, but, you know, on the surface level, the people lower level, they're not going to know anything about that, you know, just like brotherhood but um again they have they have their tentacles and everything yeah well the thing is is i don't have i i i go along and do what i have to do i help i go to church we go to church every tuesday um we're doing three acres of garden at the moment 
We help children's train foundations. We raise money um, for lots of different charities, you know. So, but it was it brought me back in touch with people, you know. Whereas I'd never had an offer like that before. So that it was one of the reasons I joined. At last, I was around people, and I'd been segregated away from people for nearly twenty years. You know, because they mentally, they, they, they segregate you upstairs so you don't sort of fit in anywhere. And then they go around bad-mouthing you and saying, telling whatever they're saying about you. You know, so, anyway. Have you noticed any commonalities with other people that you've been in contact with who uh, are claiming to be TIs? hundreds I get messages from all over the world and what do they say to you well uh, I, 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 I because I've been through so many years of it you know I try and help because I know what they're going through and they're crawling up the walls and some of them have you know I've got so many letters and of thanks and messages of thanks because they were losing their sanity, a lot of them, before they found me or before they found other TIs because there's, there's hundreds of thousands of them out there now that are going through that not even know they're, being, know they're being targeted. You know, they're actually believing they're schizophrenic or they're, you, you, you know, and they're, 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 they don't actually know the truth yet. Have you noticed any trends, though, any patterns? Um, yeah, I've actually asked a lot of them because I believe a lot of them were in the wrong place at the wrong time and upset the wrong person. And that's exactly along the board. You know, a lot of them were in the wrong place at the wrong time and around the wrong people. And they didn't know it. Mm. So that is a common cause. Sorry, I just noticed that my TV was on in the background. Sorry about that. No, you're fine. Um, what about suicides? Do you see that a lot? Um, well, no. People have thanked me for, for saying um, that, that there has been a couple of suicides, but a couple of people have said thank you to me for steering them straight because they were suicidal. But they're, they're, we, there is actually a website and I can give it to you the link to it later, of um, a TI site that is dedicated to people that have killed themselves or lost their lives to targeted individuals. Could you just give the name of the website? You can give it to um, the name. I'd have there? to scroll away from the screen. Oh, okay, that's fine. But that's fine. I, I, I've got thousands of websites um, that I go through, you know, because there's a lot of fake out there now. Right. And there's a lot that are trying to steer real targeted individuals off. Absolutely. Off the scent that are actually putting um, that are putting Trojans on sites now and steering you onto porn and different stuff to try and entrap you. You know, so if you put targeted individuals out and if you put um, like within the last hour or the last two hours, you'll get a lot of fake ones come out that will steer you 
to bad websites that are trying to get you uh, get you in trouble. Right. And I think things become convoluted as well because you also see an increase with what they call mental health awareness, you know, saying that there's an increasing number of people suffering from depression, bipolar and all of this. So that can kind of muddy the waters and lump people who are actually not suffering from any kind of mental illness with people that are. Exactly. Well, it's they've got to cover it up. Mm-hmm. Because this weapon that they do, that they use against us, it's it's massive. You know, it's global. It can happen to anyone. Nobody is immune to it. You, you know, there, there's a film director um, um, who who TIs are in contact with because he's a TI, and he made he made a film and it and it escapes me. I do apologise with my memory, but it, it's like that sometimes. Um, but there, 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 there is um, a chap, he's made a film, and uh, he's a TI, and it's about targeted individuals. Hmm. What about uh, gang stalking? Have you experienced this? Yeah, I did in the beginning. You know, um, this what was What is that when, like? Oh, awful. But, but this was when I couldn't hear or couldn't see. And it was like I was bumping into people. They were in my way. And I've actually got 13 years of diaries. Um, Because when my brain started to become unblocked, as I mentioned to you earlier, I had to start learning to read and write again. I had to learn to use a computer. I had a dictaphone. So I used to um, try and write everything down that I could remember. And I, I've got a couple of books that I've written as well. I bought a couple of books. And when anything came to me, I'd record it on my dictaphone because, as I said, the thoughts would get erased. Or when the thoughts came back, they'd be gone again. You know, so I couldn't remember what the thoughts were, you know, for all those years previously, if you like. Mm. Wow. It was like... Um, They'd stop the brain, and then when this fluffy feeling came about 15 years or so ago, it was as if, like, it was a a baby steps, relearning everything. I didn't know what food I liked anymore. You know, I I, I didn't know what I liked. You, you, You know, I didn't know where I liked going. I didn't know what I liked doing in life, really. You know, this was, it was a whole new learning curve. And so where are you at now? I mean, with, you know, the, the healing and everything. Because you look a, a lot better bit since I saw you. Right. Yeah. I get a little bit of pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, I get a little bit of uh, a headache, but not as severe as they were touch wood, please God because it's just unbearable. And back in the day, I had a real heavy tinfoil hat on and uh, the voices came through to me and it said, oh, you've learned about that, have you? And all they did was change the frequency to make it worse. So I never bothered wearing one anymore because I thought to myself, well, if I put the foil hat on, no matter how thick it is, 
they're going to get through it and they're going to make it worse for me. So I said, Roy, you've just got to grin and bear it. You know, so, so that's what I did. And in answer to your question, I get on, I, I, I do my daily thing. I've got toothache at the moment, but that's nothing to do with it. I know myself and I, I, I'm not a bad person. I help people. Um, no remote neural monitoring. Um, a little directed DEW to the head. Uh, yesterday, I went to the hospital um, because every year I have a cystoscopy. And what this is, is I have a camera into my private parts um, because um, six years ago, um, I was diagnosed with bladder cancer. And there's no history of cancer in my family whatsoever. I've also, within the last 10 years, I had two lumps cut out of my throat. And there's a scar there. I don't know if, if yeah, it's like visible. It. Okay. Well, I had two lumps cut out of my throat. The year before last, um, a lump swelled up on, excuse me for being personal, but swelled up on one of my testicles. They removed this to, uh, to 18 months, two years, just before lockdown, 18 months or so ago. Um, so it's two lumps, my throat, one on my testicle. Um, and it must all be due to radiation to my body. It has to be to the directed energy weapon. There's, there, there's no history for going, my mother, God rest her soul, was 99 and one month when she passed last year. Good body, came from the country, good genes. My father, God rest his soul, he, only, he passed away at 76, 77, but his was breathing because he worked down the coal mines. Mm as a young man. So there was no cancer related on his side of the family either. So a lot of us TIs will, that are getting DEW, um, get radiation damage without a shadow of a doubt. Hmm. That, uh, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, I don't know if you ever uh, saw anything about the former Venezuelan president, uh, Hugo Chavez, but he on record said that he was given cancer. I didn't, I haven't seen that, but I believe yeah. they can do it to anybody. Yeah, because they say, I've heard that before, so. Oh, okay. Well, no, because now they believe, that I, I, or it's, it's said, that they can actually target you by your DNA, whether that's true or not, because every single person's DNA is supposed to be different on the whole planet. So they that they actually reckon now that they we don't need to be microchipped um, to be tracked. They that they say that we can be tracked anywhere on the planet by by our DNA alone. So once they've got people's DNA on record you can become a TI, but I don't know if that's 100% true because I believe I was chipped. 
I went uh, to the doctors. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I went to the doctors. I think I told you last. I went to the doctors about, I think it was about 12, 14 years ago. It was just when I'd moved. And I went to the doctors and um, I said, I said, I, I said, I could feel something on the bridge of my nose and it felt like a piece of metal. So the first lady doctor I went to, she could feel it. And she spent about 10 minutes with a pair of tweezers trying to get it to the surface. Mm-hmm. And she said to me, she said, I'm really sorry. She said, but I've got um, my next my next patient coming in. Mm-hmm. And she said, uh, would you mind making another appointment, please? I said, of course not. So anyway, I went to the reception desk to make another appointment And the next appointment wasn't with the same lady doctor. It was with another lady doctor. Mm -hmm. So I went in and I explained what I I could feel. She then started playing the mental health card with me. She then started to say, well, I think uh, you, you might be mentally ill. So I said, well, if I'm mentally ill, I said, why did the last doctor try to remove it? And that was the end of the conversation. And I walked out the surgery. Well, you know, just you speaking about being chipped uh, makes me think about people who have claimed to have been abducted by aliens and everything. And um, then we could get into the whole possibility that those supposed memories of being abducted were implanted and that people were actually experiencing what you're talking about. And that's just another cover for it. Yeah, agreed. I could see that as well. When you've experienced this, you realise the power of what they can do to you. You know, so they can erase brains very, very easy now. It's like just like short-circuiting something. You know, they know how to do that. And a nano-implant, how easy is that to put in somebody now? You know, a nano implant is so many microns of a, of a millimetre. You know, some of the smallest ones are now. And to think that they'd be able to have a battery that lasts in there for 50 years or whatever. Right. You know, you know, so. Yeah, there's there's no way of knowing for sure. But I, no. I've heard years ago that you know, like top military have been chipped for a long time. Oh, I would believe that. So if they did speak, they would be able to shut them down. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) There's just so much that uh, we could get into with this. Yes, exactly. I, I, I remember all those years ago, when David Icke started to talk. Mm-hmm. Do you know David Icke? I do. Well, I remember uh, very, very well, because I'm an Englishman and he's an Englishman. Mm-hmm. And the whole country was taking the mickey out of him because he started proclaiming that he was the son of God all of these years ago. And he started, I think he was wearing purple. Well, the thing is, 
is I now believe that he was tampered with the same as I was. To ridicule him. That is a possibility. Because he worked for the BBC. The BBC is the British Broadcasting Corporation. Yes. So he, he was one of the main presenters on there. So they had to destroy him because the BBC is the establishment. So they had to ruin David Icke's reputation and make out he was a crackpot, you know. But now he's very prominent. He talks a lot of sense, which is, I suppose, fairly similar to what happened to me. But he has no credibility, though, because of what happened before. And then now you, you wonder if they let these kind of people say these things, but they're still controlled. Agreed. That's what I wondered if it was with me as well. I thought, have they still got hold of me? Like when you said about the Rotary Club earlier, you know, was it all pre-planned? You know, was it all put I don't know. Perhaps it was. Hmm. Very interesting. Mm. Is there some kind of organization for TIs, like something official? There's actually a big court case. Really? There's actually a website that is actually raising money for a proper um, group, a class action lawsuit now. In the US or somewhere else? Um, she's actually in Belgium. Okay. But it's going to be a class action and hopefully it's going to be a global. She's raised about 20,000 at the moment. Mm-hmm. They're trying to raise quarter of a million. But the first steps are being put in place. So this is absolutely wonderful news for targeted individuals. But on my Twitter site, I won't recommend anybody because I've seen so many come and go. That have taken go, innocent... What do you mean, like fake or... Yes. Okay. No, what I mean is so many targeted individuals that have promised and had websites promising to help others mm. and they ran off with their money. Hmm. So that is the reason I said that I won't recommend, but I post everything because it could be real and I believe it to be real. Mm-hmm. You know, so hopefully it is real. You know, but a class action will take a long time. Plus, there was another lady doing a class action who hasn't been on the scene for a few months, and she took everybody's data. Wow. So she had hundreds or more of people's data, and she also had their testimonies for for the courts. So it's difficult to know who to trust, who to recommend, who to put you on to, you know, so. Before we close, Mr. Roy, what would you like people to know about TIs? The majority of them are are, are extremely good people. I've met a lot. There's... um, I don't think there's a bad bone in real TIs. You know, I think that the majority of them are and were 
in the wrong place at the wrong time and either said something to the wrong person and this this is how it happened to me i was in the wrong place at the wrong time i was drunk on a night and i was feeling sorry for myself that my wife had run off with my little boy and it was it was months after that that this happened to me it wasn't a breakdown it wasn't bipolar it wasn't schizophrenic it wasn't any mental health disease it was done to me and targeted individuals the ones that i've come across are great people sadly the targeted individual community is infiltrated because they've got to try and infiltrate the community to split the people and turn them against each other but hopefully i come recommended by quite a few people now as got a good reputation because i want to help my brothers and sisters regardless of race color or creed why not we're we're put on this life to help one another that's what we do you know whether you're a ti or not we're supposed to help one another you know and i hope the governments of the world will openly come out and say look we've got to stop this this is wrong this is going to kill and radiate so many millions of people well right but this is the ultimate control tool it's hidden it's secret there's not a lot of people know about it they can misdiagnose you as mentally ill so it is the perfect weapon you know but god bless targeted individuals throughout the world i love you all god bless you Mr. Roy, thank you so much for your time. And uh, please send me those links so when I post the episode, I can put those links in there for anybody who's interested. It's absolutely my pleasure. Please send me to the link to the interview. Absolutely, I will. And I'll share it on. Okay, thank you so much for your time and take care. My pleasure. Good night. God bless. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.